0: setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Ever wish that you could hear directly from people who have gone from regular SLPs or OTs to successful private practitioners after going through the Start Your Private Practice program, their words, their experience, and their outcomes from being in the program, today's episode is going to introduce you to three amazing Start Your Private Practice alums. They are Farwa Hussein, Teresa Akoa, and Claudia Davison. All three of these START students came from different backgrounds. Some were school-based SLPs or OTUs who couldn't wait to get out. One took time off from the profession to raise her kids and then came back and started a private practice working just three days a week. And another started her private practice small and on the side of her job as a school SLP, but actually retired early and has grown her private practice with school contracts and also contractors. All three of these students had the same fears, doubts, and hesitations that you do, but they decided to go for it and join the Start Your Private Practice program and to create a new future for themselves and their families and I cannot wait to introduce them to you. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life, and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here tonight with three of our students, our alums from the Start Your Private Practice program. And tonight we're going to be talking about their experiences in private practice and also their experiences in the Start Your Private Practice program. And at the end of our uh, presentation tonight, our little panel discussion, we're actually going to be doing a giveaway for the new client onboarding kit. So stick around for the end because someone is going to end up with this awesome resource to help you get organized with your first or next uh, client. So what I'd love to do to start is just to really have y'all go around and introduce yourselves. And so um, let's start with Farwa. Farwa, if you could just share kind of who you are, where you're located, and just a little bit about you as a clinician.
1: Hi everyone. I'm Farwa, Sin. I am the owner of One on One Speech Therapy. I'm, we're located in Raritan, New Jersey. I specialize in gestalt language processing, and I joined the Start Your Private Practice group exactly one year ago. Which that is a story
0: all to itself. But we're gonna save that for a couple minutes. But um, Farwa is just celebrating a big anniversary with her private practice, so um, we'll hear about that in a second. But I'd like to introduce our next guest, uh, Teresa.
2: Hello, my name is Teresa Ochoa. I'm an occupational therapist. Um, I was working for about five years before I decided to join Jenna's program. Um, I did it last year um, around the beginning of summer. And then um, before fall of that same year, I was already working my first school contract and transitioned full time.
0: I love that. Okay. We're going to hear all about your story, um, too, Teresa. But um, last but not least, let's have uh, Claudia introduce yourself.
3: I'm Claudia Davison, and my practice is all things speech therapy. And I joined uh, Jenna's program, um, it will be four years ago, next February. Um, But I've been practicing as a speech therapist shoot for almost 30 30 years. So I'm an oldie. uh, But I had I really wish that I had done this a long time ago, because I uh, started my private practice on the side of my regular day job. And I did that for about two and a half years thinking I would just do this to supplement my, my retirement income and uh, thought I would just do that forever until I actually retired. But uh, it got to be so fun to do that and build my income. And I made enough money that I said, you know what, let me just do this full time. So I retired, and I'm now practicing full time as a private practitioner, and I'm hiring. So and it's it's been a great thing. Love it. Well,
0: and Claudia, this is something you say all the time, but you said, you've said, you know, um, about that old dogs can learn new tricks.
3: Absolutely. We really can do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, people start private practices at all different times throughout their career. And so if you are, you know, on the, you know, earlier stages of your career, like you don't have to wait you know, till more toward the end. And if you're, you know, more toward later in your career, you, uh, it's not too late and you can, can do
3: this now. It's not too late. The time hasn't passed us by. We can, we can do it even when when we're older. So. Totally. And one thing I'll also say about Claudia
0: is that Claudia started off as a student in the program and then was so helpful when she got underway, you know, she was just so helpful with all the students that we actually brought her on as one of the mentors for the program. So Claudia is not only a student, but she is a mentor and does such a great job of helping answer questions and, you know, motivate people and um, just, you're like the best cheerleader, Claudia and also the best example of someone who never thought they would ever do private practice and then started to do it and has now done really, really well with it. So Claudia, I just think you're a superstar.
3: Well, thank you. I think actually all Start students really are superstars. So I encourage anybody to join the group because it's a fun place to be. I always say that the uh, Start uh, Facebook group is the happiest place in Facebook, because we're here to encourage each other. And if you're stuck, we'll help you get unstuck. Yeah, totally.
0: Absolutely. Um, that's one of the funny things about, um, you know, Facebook groups is that there are some Facebook groups that are like just lovely places to be. And there's other ones that are, you know, we all know the ones that aren't lovely places to be, right? And so we we really try to cultivate this really nice supportive um, kind, collaborative environment. And that's the kind of group that we have um, for our students. So I would love for to start to, we're going to go back in, in the order that we started, go back to Farwa. Farwa, could you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what you were doing career-wise when you started thinking about private practice?
1: Well, it goes back hand in hand to my personal life. I had taken a break from speech therapy. I had my three kids. And I decided I was never going to do it. I was burnt out. And I said, you know what? It's better to be a stay-at-home mom. So I was home with the kids. And I did some boards here and there. Picked up a few kiddos that I was doing. Because once you're a speech therapist, you have this heart to help anybody that you can. So you would take on, okay, I'll just see them for free. No problem. Let me just see one kiddo here and there. And then when my kids got a little bit older, there was something really missing in my life like i did interior design school i went to culinary stuff and hosted dinner parties i did everything under the sun but there was just something missing and i was like you know what let me just go back to work let me just go back to speech therapy let me just try it out i had been a therapist for about 10 years by then i went back to work the pay was the same as i had left 10 years ago six years ago i had to add on more kiddos So the first day back in, it was 10 kids back to back without a break. And when I asked for a break, they said, well, this is what you signed up for. If somebody cancels, I don't get paid for it. So I'm sitting there for $30 an hour. If somebody doesn't show up and then you still have productivity standards to meet, I couldn't do it. I laughed at about a month. And I said, you know what? It's probably better that I just stay and see kids for free. I'm not making an impact. I feel like I'm on this hamster wheel. And I'm just so tired of this. And it just so happened that a Start Your Private Practice group from Jenna showed up on my Facebook. And I said, what is this? Let me just check it out. Let me just check out this boot camp. And guess what? Full circle moment because I'm here today as a private practice owner. It was never anything I ever wanted to do. I never in a million years imagined that I would have a private practice. I just thought private practice was for big corporations. I thought it was for somebody really seasoned, somebody that was phenomenal at what they do and they have to have all these accolades behind their names. Um, Or you go into school. I never saw anybody like myself having a private practice Owning a business, so when I even thought about private practice, it was because I was just tired. I didn't want to see ten kiddos in a row and switch my hat from stuttering a stuttering client to an autistic client to apraxia to to artic after another. I, my brain couldn't do it. So. that's how I got into private practice because I wanted to do it my way and really see change in these kiddos and really wanted to help. It wasn't about the finances because honestly we don't do it for the money to begin with. It was, just wanted to create change. Yep.
0: Well, and change, change for your clients, change also for yourself, right? It's exhausting to have all of those back-to-back sessions with all kinds of different clients. Some kinds of clients um, are just, you know, not, you don't, maybe don't feel confident with them or don't feel comfortable or just, they're not your kind of zone of genius, right? So to be able to make that choice for yourself and, you know, I, I don't love that you were like kind of thinking about leaving the field and all these kind of other things, but I do love that you were able to come back to it but in a way that you still really loved, right? Because you kind of created your own scenario.
1: Yeah, the heart of what we do is we want to help in any way that we can. We want to create, we went into this field thinking that we could, you know, change lives and we can. It's not, we just have to have the freedom to do it. Um, And you all can do it. It's phenomenal. The, The support that you get being part of the start group You just dream your biggest dream and it will come true because you have mentors and you have cheerleaders to support you.
0: And you have fantastic people who are like that much ahead of you to look up to um, just, you know, people like Farwa and Teresa and Claudia, right? You can see some of the students in our program who also started off as total beginners, right? Who um, didn't know really how to do any of this. And all of a sudden, you know, flash forward a year later, um, it's your anniversary of your private practice. And like, how cool is that?
1: And the coolest thing is, I don't work five days a week. I only do clients two and a half days a week. And I'm making just even more than I did working in the school system. So you can the financial health and benefit will come, you have to dream it. So I work two days a week. And I see clients. And it's so much fun. I could spend the time with my family and I do all the fun things and crafting and everything else that I want to. It's a great way to live.
0: I love that. you know when when I say that, I think sometimes people think that you know I'm um, biased or whatever else. but when students say that, right that hopefully is really making people think like, oh my gosh, wow, like it really is true. you know one of the people listening said, you know this is so encouraging, right? And so that's obviously what this is meant to do is to kind of show people like what's re- what it's really like to be out in the world as a private practitioner and to, you know, get that start through our program so that you really can, you know, start off right and start off on the right foot and know exactly what to do without having to be overwhelmed or unsure you just, you know, kind of, if you can follow the steps, right, which, you know, we break it down so everybody can, um, it's a whole lot easier. So thank you, Farwa, for for sharing your story. And um, we're going to I have some more questions for you that we'll come back to. Um, but I would love to hear next from Teresa. Teresa, can you share a little bit about your journey as an occupational therapist? And when did you start thinking about private practice?
2: Sure. So um, I was also working in the public school district. Um, you know, I was there for about five years before I even thought about going to private practice. Um, I also contracted prior to that. Um, I thought the school district would be it. It's great benefits. You know, you're off early. But then I just started to get so burned out. Um, and I kind of um, was kind of looking for something different until it really hit me when I was, you um, On the interview panel for the district hiring for another OT and I interviewed her I answered all her questions um, You know, and she was about to get hired on and I was accidentally cc'd on like them negotiating their pay (laughs) And I was like hold on I'm interviewing and training her and the contracting price. She's getting paid is double what I'm getting paid so I kind of I was like maybe I'm in the wrong business so I kind of looked like what do I need to do because I wasn't getting paid that much as a contractor because I was a contractor prior to working for the district so I looked into it and I found out that people were able to get district um, um district contracts and work individually for themselves I had no idea how to do it <laughs> and I started googling like how do I get my own school contracts all this kind of stuff and then I found Jenna's course it came up in my algorithm I think also on Facebook but um I clicked it, um, kind of, I I was also hesitant because I was like, man, it's a lot of money, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna give it a try. Like, really, like, what do I have to lose? Like, if it does work out, which it totally did, like it was, it would have been like a learning experience. But I was so proud I did it. I did not like when we were writing our goals from the um, in, in the class, like, oh, what do you think your goal would be? Mine was like, oh, to work part-time, doing my own contract, making like, I think I said $60,000. Um, that same summer that I started, I got my first contract, which was three times that. So it was, it was really, It worked out really well. Um, I also work three days a week, and then the other two days I work from home. Um, It's great because I'm not being micromanaged. Um, You know, I negotiate what I want to do. I put a caseload cap in my contract so they can't just keep adding kids on without my knowledge or, you know, so I get burnt out again. So it just really gives you um, the ability to take control of your life and kind of have that flexibility to live it how you live it and also make more money while doing that. (laughs) it's just a yeah. win all the
1: way around.
0: Yeah, totally. And I, I love that you're you've used a couple words that I think are really important. One is about like taking back that control, right? And being like, hey, like, and what an awful situation that you were in that spurred this on, right? Where you kind of learned that other people were getting paid more than you, right? But like that eye opening experience, like had that not happened, you probably would have still been there.
2: Yeah, right? I really oh. thought what I had was like a good gig until I saw and I was like, CC'd on the wrong email. And I was like, hold on.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so I think that that's one of the things that people are kind of especially right now, starting to like figure out, wait a minute, I can do the same job that I'm doing, but make more money if I'm doing it for myself. Right. I can still be helping people. I can still be working with my ideal clients. I can still be, you know, making, um, big changes and, you know, helping people and everything, but also being financially rewarded for it and being able to like set my own hours and like make those decisions so that you can have time with your family and whatever else. So, um, I'm so excited, um, Teresa, that you've been able to do this. And I just, I love seeing like how everyone's private practices are just like a little bit different from each other, showing that there's a lot of ways to do this and everyone should be encouraged to do whatever is like the best way for you and your family, that's the way you should do your private practice. Right, okay, perfect. So our next um, person, Claudia, Tell us a little bit more about, um, kind of how you made that transition. You were, you know, working in the schools, how I know that you wanted to like have some extra money for retirement, but what did that look like to go from a person who had never really considered private practice to someone who was starting to do it? And then who like is really doing it.
3: So, um, I did do it on the side for two years. And, um, you know, I'm a rule follower, so I followed all the steps in the course. And for me, that was so helpful just to have everything laid out. And um, I had conversations with my superintendent. Um, Is this okay? Can I do that? I made sure that I uh, was not seeing kids that would be in my area in my district. Um, And they were like, fine, go right ahead. And so I was really happy to be able to see um, kids and that would not be conflict of interest, right? Um, But I started to get referrals and enough referrals um, from people that I knew other speech pathologists um, in the area um, where it would not be a conflict of interest. And I was seeing uh, kids in their homes. Um, So I was traveling basically um, to kids' homes, families' homes, and I picked just a couple days a week where I would go. So for me, it was not too many days a week, but just enough days a week that I felt like I could manage a calendar um, and have still control of my schedule, right, but manage how much income I was bringing in. And I I did that for about two and a half years, and that's kind of when I decided, you know what, I think I want to do this full-time, at which point I let them know I was going to retire early and go into full-time practice, and that's when, you know, I just simply had too much uh, to keep on doing it part-time, and at that point, you know, I had to consider do I want to hire, and um I also had school contracts to uh, work with, which was fantastic because it allowed me to really expand my income tremendously. So um, I could hire people to manage the school contracts, yet also take on uh, the local people in um, my uh, home visits and then also rent a brick and mortar. So doing all these things uh, were things that you could really help out with. In the course, and then also the next level course that you had available. Um, but I don't know if that answered your question. Um, did, okay, you did. Okay. Yeah, that, that's perfect. I mean, I just, I like
0: that evolution of, you know, I'm just going to try this. Yeah. I'm just going to see a couple clients on the side. And for some people, like, that's their end game. They just want to, you know, see a couple clients, make a little extra money, and like have something that's theirs. That, you know, you get to enjoy. And there's other people who are like, you know what, I'm going to start that way, like get my feet wet, make sure that I like private practice and then slowly build to the point that you can leave your job. Right. And like first replace your income and then maybe, you know, double, triple or more your income through your private practice and Claudia that's what you've been able to achieve and I think that's so cool as someone who never thought she would do this and was just trying to kind of supplement your retirement and then all of a sudden you have this amazing private practice and you've got people working for you and you've got contracts and you've got all kinds of cool stuff and
3: you're taking your family on amazing trips I've done that a few times and it's been something fantastic. I never thought that that would be a possibility. So I really did believe I was just going to dip my toe in and do it on the side. And I think I've spoken to you a couple of times about the fact that, um, because of my lengthy career, I've worked in a lot of different places. I've worked in acute care. I've worked in rehab. I've worked in outpatient home care. You know, I've had a lot of different areas where I've worked. I never thought, nor did I have a desire to work in private practice. It just was not on my radar. But just by trying it and and giving it, um, just giving it a try, uh, the bug bit me and. <laughs> By having that bug bite me, um, boy, I've I've loved it tremendously. And um, you can do it just a little bit on the side or you can dive fully in. Your private practice can be whatever you want it to be. Absolutely. I think that
0: that's really, really important. Um, one of the um, our questions that we have from people who are watching us live, there's two questions that are basically about uh, being being a parent and working and kind of how how to do this in a way that works for your family and everything else. Um, are, are any of you able to kind of speak to that question? Oh wait, hold on, let me turn your mic on Farwa. Okay, Farwa.
1: Hi, so I'm a mom of three. And that's my identity. That's, I have three little ones. Now they're 10, eight, and four. Um, and that's all my priority was. I just want to be there for my kids. I want to be there for pickup. I want to be there for drop-off. I want to be there for their PT appointments, their OT appointments, their speech appointments, their reading specialist appointment, all the other things that they need and I need to support them with. And you can do that. And you can do it so well. And and then you have this other sense that you can, you can connect to the parents that you work with, too, because you are there as a parent and as a therapist, and they connect with you so much better. Because it'd be like, oh, my kid was just a hot mess two seconds ago, too. No worries. We got this. Um, it is possible. You can create a private practice that works for you. I just wanted to work a couple of days a week. I only work a couple of days a week. I drop the kids off at their grandparents' house. I go see a couple clients. I come back home and there I'm there for dinner time. I'm there for any of their activities that they need.
0: I love that. And one of the we have another student who is in our program. Um, Her name is Kristen, and she has three young girls and um, she joined the start program. And I think she had her first client within like two weeks. And then she had 10 clients in a month. Right. Like she ramped up really, really quickly. She has an amazing, amazing private practice in uh, Arizona. But what she did was she literally sat down with her family, with her her three girls and her husband and said, you know what, this is going to be a busy season of life like I'm going, she was working full time in the schools and had a family. And she's like, I'm going to start seeing kids after school, and on the weekends, so that I can leave the school and have the kind of flexibility that like that far was talking about, for example, right? So sometimes you do have to make a little bit of that short-term sacrifice to say, okay, if I go, if I go in now and I see a bunch of clients like with the results of being able to reduce my hours at the school, like that's can be part of your, your idea, right? The other thing that people do is they often will hire a contractor to, or an employee to do some of those after school hours, right? So I see another comment that said, you know, but what about the after school hours? Well, either you try to navigate that, you know, through your own schedule or that could be something that you hire somebody else to help you with, right? Or you just kind of acknowledge, look, this is going to be a busy season for the next couple of months. So that I can get to a different place. Um so lots of ways to do it and you have to kind of think a little bit flexibly of like how can you do it in the short term, um, so that you can get to the long term goal. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts about kind of work life balance and and that kind of thing?
2: So the way I did it was um, kind of like a little, kind of how you explained it, but I reversed it a little. So I did it so that I. I'm essentially doing my same job I was doing. So I still have the school hours because I got my first contract. Then I decided to work it myself. It was full time. But since I had, you know, no one micromanage me, I just make my schedule so that I go in less days and just complete all the work there. And the other days I work from home. And then now I'm at the point to where I'm going to hire. I'm trying to hire on a coda to take care of the treatments so that I can start doing um, like looking for somewhere to actually do private pay practice. So I just, yeah, love that you can customize it, how whatever fits your schedule and your lifestyle. And it's great still working the school hours because I have two sons myself. I'm still able to drop off and pick up. I go to all of their award ceremonies, um, any kind of play dates, birthdays, I can be there or I can schedule myself so that I can rearrange things to make it a priority to be there. So it's just really great. As far as like the family life goes, I think it improves it if anything.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And it's it's back to that having having that control, right? Like this is um one of the reasons why people go the private practice route is to be able to have that, right? Like I know when I used to work in like hospitals, for example, you know, we used to have like pretty good vacation time, but we could never take it, right? There was always so many limitations on actually taking your vacation time, and there was almost no flexibility for people who had like sick kids. Like at, at the time when I worked at this one hospital I didn't have children yet but like I remember my coworkers could almost never go to their kids like choir concerts or you know dentist appointments or those kind of things so you know you really do have an opportunity to create a schedule that works for you and and some flexibility too and like a lot of times you know private clients are really really like kind and understanding of knowing that people are parents and that sometimes kids get sick and you know or stuff happens and so You know, you really are building a life for yourself that has a lot more flexibility oftentimes than exists in, you know, school or hospital settings. Another question.
3: Oh, wait. So, Claudia, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to add my children are grown, so I don't have that situation now. But I will say that um, clients are super understanding. And um, I've like Jenna said, I have taken uh, a couple family vacations in the last um, six months. And when we've said, you know what, we're going to be out of town this next week, clients are super excited to find out, oh, you're going on vacation. Great. We'll see you the following week. Or, um, you know, I do have late appointments because that's what I've chosen for myself. But I do have an employee who has family needs. And so I'm very flexible in the way that she schedules her appointments, and so we just work with a, with whatever it is that the employee needs, but also the client needs, and we can work that a way around that. So um, that's what I love about private practice. We can work around our needs, and that's what private practice is all about. Yeah, and I I could never take I. And I'm very sad to remember that when I was in acute care, when my kids were young, I could never make it to any of their programs because I had a ton of vacation time, PTO back then, could never take it. It just, there was nobody to cover the patients. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that you don't
0: really realize when you get into this field, right? Like I, if I think of the reasons why, you know, I chose this profession, first of all, is obviously to be a helping people person, like that's who I am at my core. But when people think about the fields of, you know, speech, occupational therapy, physical therapy, we're like, oh, it's got so much flexibility, right? People have this idea that there's a lot of flexibility, but like, there isn't really In most traditional job settings. And so sometimes people get into a career and they're like, wait a minute, (laughs) this isn't the flexible job that I thought it was. And oh, wait, there's all of this documentation, there's tons of meetings, there's ballooning caseloads. And so sometimes I think that people are, you know, get into the field and that's when, like, kind of like burnout and all of that kind of stuff can start to get to people because they don't have that control over you know, how they're treating their clients or when they're treating them or all of that kind of other stuff. Um, but there was another question that came through that I would love for any or all of you to answer, which is what are some of the more challenging things that you encountered when starting up your practice? Who would like to start with that one? All right, uh, let, me, let me, OK.
1: I think the biggest challenge was there was nobody there to tell you what to do. You get to set your boundaries and you get to do it on your own timeline, which is so phenomenal and hard at the same time because you're like, wait, I can start set up my LLC, but wait, I got to cook dinner real fast. So um, that for me, the challenging part wasn't the clients or getting them. It was just holding myself accountable to get through the paperwork. Um, it was a lot of learning and it was a lot of, it was the most, let me tell you, when you create your LLC for the first time, when you go set up your business account for the first time, when you go get your EIN number, the feeling of empowerment you get and the feeling of I did this is so cool i couldn't stop crying anything that would happen i was just crying because i was just full of so much gratitude so the most challenging thing is that you can't imagine how much like empowerment you can get i guess let me just switch that around like i it's all hard our caseloads are hard having kids is hard everything is difficult but it's your mindset like now you're open to doing it any way that you want and it's so phenomenal like it's it just takes 20 seconds of curve. You just need to go out there and put yourself out there.
0: Yes, I love that. That's one of those um things I love is that like choose your hard, right? Like this, there's all kinds of, like you know, um, there's aspects of private practice that are challenging, right? But there's aspects of you know working in schools and hospitals that are challenging too, right? So it's definitely um important to be like, you know, what what do I want to do with it, though? Um, okay, so, uh, Teresa or Claudia, what would you say has been uh, a challenge in starting up?
2: Um, I could go. <laughs> I, for me, I think the biggest challenge was um, kind of knowing how to do it. I know I really wanted to do it, and I know I was going to find a way to do it, but I think having that roadmap of like what step do I take first what do I do next am I doing this right is is this gonna work and then also the security of leaving when you have a stable job it's like "Ah, I'm, I'm making okay money like the hours aren't too bad you know I think just making like committing fully to it and going all in were like my two biggest obstacles
0: yeah i love that and yeah we definitely want to make this as easy for people as possible but yeah you you still have to do it right like you still have to do do the steps and do the work but Um, You get so
2: much support, though, from the student group. It's just you like celebrate everyone's little wins like, oh, I got my first client or I got my first contract. And then you see people doing it daily and you're like, that could be me. Like, I'm going to be next. I'm going to be that next one saying that. And then it happens and people are there supporting you. If You have questions and you ask and people actually get back to you or it's you learn so much because you just see other people's questions. You're like, oh, like now I know what to do in that situation. So you just, I think being in that environment and getting that support, you just don't realize like how easy it could be.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Claudia, what would you say for you has been something that was like a little challenging in the beginning?
3: Um, I guess I didn't really find anything super challenging other than the initial impetus to go. Um, I always um, say that I was a lurker um, and in the group. And then I say lurkers unite and just do it, jump in and do it. Um, Because I did lurk for a while until I got brave and started to just dive in and do the work and followed the steps. And then when I started to follow the steps, oh my God, it's so easy. And it really actually was. Um, And then once I started doing that, number one, and then number two, once I found like a business bestie, um, that was legit, super helpful. (laughs) So if I can just make any, if I can suggest to anybody, if you're kind of stuck and struggling, Follow the steps, and then find a business bestie to keep you accountable. Um, I had two business besties, and we're uh, we're in Michigan, and we just kept ourselves going all the way through, and until we it until we got it done. So, um, yep, get that friend to keep you going. So Tommy and Nicole were by my business besties, and we probably talk about three times a week. Hey, have you done this? Has this ever happened to you? Oh, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> and so we find solutions to any, um, any roadblocks that come our way. Yeah.
0: And think about, um, you know, we all went to grad school, right? Think about in grad school who like your grad school school, Bestie was right. Like, I know I had a little, you know, group of a couple yeah. of us who all, we also still talk all the time. And actually, ironically, several of them have done my programs, which is kind of funny. But, um, but nonetheless, you know, if you can think about any time in your life that you've had a bestie who's helped you through. Grad school through like relationship things, like whatever, right? You do need that kind of a person to also help you through the private practice process, right? It really, really helps. And it's so cool that our group is just lends itself to people finding folks. And sometimes they're in the same area, sometimes they're in totally different areas, but maybe it's a similar kind of practice. And so, you know. Um, private practice can be really lonely and it can be the kind of thing that is like hush hush. And, you know, people are kind of like late night Googling, like trying to figure it out. And there's literally no reason to do that, right? Like we have a safe space, a supportive space of people who want you to be successful just as much as they want to be successful too. So um, I promise we're a really nice group of people who just want everyone to be successful in private practice. And so when people ask a question, they get a lot of answers, right? A lot of people respond and it's kind of cool when all of a sudden you go from being the newbie who like doesn't know what an EIN number is to then other people are asking questions and you're like, wait a minute, I actually know the answer. I'm gonna respond. So so I love that. Yeah, Farwa.
1: That is such a wonderful point that Jenna brought up because I asked a question on a growth group which is a second part about headshots. And one of the one of the members replied, you should wear blue. That color look would look beautiful on you. I was looking at your pictures and that's drew back. And I said, thank you so much. She's like, I feel like we're already friends. So it, it feels like we're, we're friends and everybody is really looking out for each other. And they're really coming in and checking in on you if you're not feeling well, if it's your birthday, or if you've got a, something cool that happened to you, Everybody's very supportive and they're here to cheer you on.
0: Absolutely. It's a, it's a totally different kind of Facebook group than, um, than exists in many other places. Um, There was another question. Oh, wait, sorry, Teresa, go ahead.
2: I met one of my business besties in your group. We like found out each other lived in California. And then, um you know, we finished the program around the same time and we were both had the same, we we found out through the chat group that we were both interested in school contracts. So we would bounce ideas off of each other all the time. Like, all right, so what rate are you gonna ask for? Um What contract, um, you know, things are you gonna put in? And we would exchange ideas and like talk to our lawyers and see like, you know, share information. And then we both ended up getting our contracts at the same time. And now we're both trying to hire at the same time. So it's just kind of cool to see that evolution. It's like we met in your group. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Another cool thing that's happening from the group is now people are also getting some of their like first client referrals, from the group, right? That's something that started to happen. Um, as of right now, we've had, um, almost 2,400 people go through the program and sometimes people are are in the Facebook group and then, then they leave or whatever. So in the Facebook group, we have just around 2000 people. So slightly less than our total number of students for, you know, various reasons, but, um, Now we're starting to get to the point where people are getting, they're saying like, oh, hey, I have a family who lives in Dallas, who has this, you know, a kid with this, you know, does anyone, you know, help them or whatever else. So it's so cool that people are not only getting referrals, but also sometimes getting their very first clients from their fellow start students. And I, I noticed in the chat, someone had asked a question about competition and that they live in an area that seems to have more, you know, bigger clinics and more competition. Um, Can any of you speak to a situation like that?
1: So I can speak to that. I'm in New Jersey. Everybody expects insurance. I'm speech therapy here. I have not had to, I've never, I've never had to fight for clients. I haven't had to ask anyone for clients. They they come and find me. Um, and it it's not as bad as you think, right? It just seems scary. Like, am I going to be able to do it? I don't take insurance. I'm private pay only. For the clients that call that are looking for insurance, I refer out. Um, and if you change your mindset to Jana's abundance mindset, they will come. Those clients will find you. And my caseload is full. And I have a wait list. So there's no need to fight for clients. And if they wanna go to the big companies, then they're not for you. And when I initially started my private practice, I wanted all of them. Anybody would give, anybody in your area, I'll take them. Anybody in your area, I'll take them. And then you realize, they're not my people. Like, I'm not enjoying this. So find what makes you happy and the clients that make you happy. And then you can, they will come to you. You market yourself that way, and be that selective in it. So I have I've been very blessed that I don't have competition, and I've aligned myself with wonderful clinicians from a lot of different disciplines. That if they need, if they're looking for something, I always refer out. If they if they have somebody that they would think would benefit from my services, they refer to me.
0: Well, I think that that's really something that you know people. Um, Being competitive is kind of like the old way to do it, right? And I think that sometimes people still have that mentality. But what what our students are finding is that, like, making connections with other private practices that serve different populations, that have different hours, different payer sources, you know, different parts of the city, right, you know, you can be a perfect fit for a certain client that gets referred to someplace else. And maybe, maybe they're full, or maybe they don't take a certain insurance, or maybe they only do pediatrics and you do adults, right? And so other clinics can actually be really good referral sources for people, as long as you do have that abundance mindset, and you make connections with them, right? The people are who are trying to kind of like, hoard all of the clients and like, keep everybody for themselves. Well, people aren't going to refer to that person. You know what I mean? And so it's a totally different way to operate. And I think it's like a more modern way to operate. And, and it is what we teach in the program is how to make connections with other clinics and not view them as competitors. Um, The other question I was, yeah, someone in the, in the group said collaboration over competition. And absolutely, that's definitely what we what we um, teach people to do. So I have another question for anyone, which just has to do, a lot of people are just kind of curious about like the resources and kind of like the, the what do you get kind of situation. So could any of you share, like what has been like, um, a piece of the program that you think has been the best um, for you, and that you either really liked a lot or continue to like a lot. Um, but what what has been really valuable in terms of something that you you know sort of get when you join the program?
1: The Facebook group is phenomenal. You always have somebody that has. Gone through something or is going through something, so you have a built in friend and you have a support system. I know we've talked about having finding your bestie, but there are so many besties out there that will cheer you on or answer your question for you, and that part is phenomenal. Yes, the Kajabi platform is wonderful, and Jana's workbooks and everything that she's put out is amazing, but more than that, the connections you make and they can like tell you right. Right there, like, hey, I'm having trouble with this. What do you guys think? I have a really bad gut feeling about this. Should I stick with my gut? Should I or not? They will answer that.
3: I, I agree. Also, the Facebook group group is fantastic because everybody in there um, answers so many questions, and you can just do a search with a keyword. If you have a particular topic that you don't that you're not sure about, you can just do a keyword search and see what pops up. Um, And we always have access to the course and the fact that we have lifetime access right to to the Kajabi course, to all of the modules. So um, and I've gone back uh, when something is relevant at a given time, because when I was starting, I followed everything, but um, at the time, well, that wasn't relevant to me. Um, I'm not going to be doing that right now. So then I've gone back and re-listened and like, oh, yes, this is important to me right now. Or I was private pay when I first started, so the insurance information wasn't relevant. So three years later when it was, having access still to the um, super valuable uh, insurance 101 bonus um, I think that was like two hours. Yeah. Um, And the HIPAA uh, module, all that information that's in there is so extremely valuable. Um, And the fact that it's all there. It's just so juicy, (laughs) really juicy
0: information. Well, and it's getting a big update, right? So that's the exciting thing, too, is that in February, we're releasing the brand new version of the program, too. So we've completely, I re, we re-recorded, we added some new information. There was, um, n- like, nothing was wrong in the program, right? But it was, like, different things had changed, right? For example, when I first made the course, um, like, business cards were more important and websites were kind of optional, right? Now, like websites, I don't think are optional (laughs) at this day and age, right? So things like that. So we had this amazing um, overhaul of the content and also the design, right? Like when we, when I first made the program, like I made all the slides and everything, and we were able to hire a professional graphic designer to make everything just look, absolutely beautiful. And so um, our students, um, no matter when they've joined the program, are going to get this access to this brand new version in early February. And so, um, and obviously the people who are joining in this enrollment will be able to benefit from that, you know, as will future um, enrollees. So I just wanted to to throw that out there. Um, Teresa, what would you say is an aspect of the course that, or the program that you've really liked?
2: I think the thing I've liked the most is like the mentorship you get in the program Um, you know there's always those I I think it was like a main like four that I spoke with but um, you know one of them was kind of close to my area as well so you know when things were like a little different because I'm in California I had her to ask and she always had great answers for me Um, I even got like a good CPA from her. Like, it's just great that the mentorship I think is key for me because when those little, you know, when things weren't going by the book and I ran to some trouble or a problem that, you know, wasn't standard, um, I had people to bounce ideas off of or someone to refer me to someone who might know the answer. So I thought that was great.
3: Yeah.
0: Awesome. And that was shout out to Bobby Adams Brown. She's the one who lives in, um, in California. And actually while I have you, Teresa, um, can you speak to your experience as an occupational therapist in the program? Right. I'm, I'm obviously yeah. an SLP. And when I first started the program, it was really um, kind of created for SLPs, but OTs kept joining and um, they were saying it was working for them. Right. So yeah. anyway, can you share share your experience as an OT.
2: Of course. So um yeah, when I found you, I knew you were an SLP, but you know, there were no OTs doing this. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, I really debated on it, like, oh, should I try to find someone who's an OT as a mentor? Because what if it's too different? Or what if, like, the same rules don't apply? Like, I just didn't know. Uh, I, I was unsure, but I'm so glad I did. It, you know, I think the whole steps of starting your business and, you know, that roadmap is still the same, so all the information was still relevant. There were a few things that were like, hmm, you know, that might be speech specific. So, but it's it's easy to find like the OT equivalent to it. Um, So, yeah, I still recommend it for OTs. Even when people ask me, they're like, oh, that, you know, but she's an FLP. I'm like, yeah, but it's still the same process pretty much. I think even PTs could do it really if they wanted, like, you know. Yeah
0: totally and we made that commitment last year to really open ourselves up to ot's right because you know when you when you think about a business right you kind of have like your niche right or like your target population right and just mine in the beginning anyway was was slps right but again because we kept having ot's join and have success with it last year we started to to you know be marketing toward P- or ot's rather and also we hired an ot mentor so we have seven mentors who are on our team claudia being one of them. And then we hired an OT named Michelle Eliason. She's an occupational therapist in Buffalo, New York who has an adult focused uh, clinic with actually two locations. Um, she's awesome. Um, and in this brand new version of the course that I mentioned, it is completely inclusive of both SLPs and OTs. So when we were recording it, we made sure that we were including all OT content as well. And so um, we, you know, again, cause it just, that's what I've heard too, Teresa, that like no one exists kind of like me in the occupational therapy space. And so, um, you know why why not help people right again i'm a, i'm just like everyone who's listening i'm also a helping people person it just so happens that as my um kind of career has evolved now i'm helping more um therapists and um you know slps and OTs um than than clients so anyway i'm excited about that so As we start to kind of wrap up, um, what kinds of advice would you give to any of our listeners who are like, who are on the fence, right? They're just not sure if this program is right for them. What advice would you give to them?
2: Just do it, it's so worth it. (laughs) I don't think anyone who's done it has any regrets. I think it's, you know, pretty life-changing. Um, and I think it sounds like a lot of money, but once you start having your clients and having your own business and the freedom that comes with it and that pride of being a business owner, I think it's just worth it. it pays It pays for itself in no time.
0: Awesome, thank you.
1: So one year ago today, I was sitting where you guys are in, the, uh, in this bootcamp and a friend from undergraduate Found my name on there and she was. We were Facebook messaging at the same time. She's like, Barbara, I see your name on there. Are you gonna do it? I don't know about it. It's so much money. And I said, I don't know about it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. She said, Yeah, I don't think we're gonna do it. Anyways, I couldn't sleep that night. I woke up and I signed for the grow group, uh, signed for the start group, and I messaged her and I said, All right, I'm gonna do it. She's like, Okay, no, you know what? Barbara, I'm gonna figure it out on my own. I think we could do it. I think my husband can figure it out. We can do it together. We'd gone to undergraduate together. We got married around the same time. We both have three kids around the same time. And guess what? She's still at her job. She's still where she was working at the school part time. And in a year I have my private practice. I have a wait list. I have a full case load, but more than that, I have the pride, I have a sense of accomplishment, and the growth that I have inside me can is unmatched. My husband's like, you're a different person, and you become a different person because you know you can do it. So it's it's not about the money part. It's not about starting this, it is about starting this private practice, but the, the sense of success that you have within yourself, and it's so empowering. And I have to tell you that while on this journey, there's so many people that are going to look up to you and be like, you're doing it. I can do it. My cleaning lady came up to me two weeks ago. I was like, Farwa, I see you working at private practice. I'm going to start an LLC. And I said, good for you. The reading specialist that I referred out was like, hey, I went on your website. I'm so inspired by you. And I was like, me? I just started. And she's like, no. like I reached out to your web designer. Um, so there's people that will see you hustle, and there's people that will see you passionate about this and true passion like when you're doing something on your own and you find what makes you happy and drives you they will the clients will come but more so the sense of community you'll bring along is amazing and phenomenal so i would just say you know do it scared it's terrifying just try it just do it and you're gonna thrive And there's so many wonderful mentors that will help you. You're never going to fall. There's
3: always somebody there to pick you up.
0: Love it. Thank you for sharing.
3: Claudia? Um, I cannot add anything else (laughs) to what Farwa has said. I agree 100%. It's true because that feeling that uh, one gets when you have built something, whether it's little, whether it's growing, whether it's going to become an empire, doesn't matter. It's something that you have built. And the pride that comes along with that, because you've done it with the help of the, of the group, the community, the, the help that you've given us, Jenna, is, um, it's amazing. And <laughs> oh, far away. that those words were amazing. <laughs> so yeah, um, I just would encourage anybody to do it because um, there's the the investment uh, can seem big, but you make it in no time. You you get that return on the investment uh, financially in no time. But the emotional investment is so much bigger, and you'll return that to yourself and to others around you in just absolutely no time at all. So I hope that you'll join. I hope that you'll join us in the group. And we'll see you in the Facebook group. And um, just so that you know, um, I send a lot of um, gifts um, to cheer you on and to uh, to say, hey, way to go and to congratulate people. And um, I hope that I can do that for folks that are going to be joining from the boot camp. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, it's, this is a special program, right? And I really, you know, we created something that didn't exist, right? Nobody learns about private practice in grad school. Um, Nobody, um, basically, no one has any kind of a business background, right? And so it's just like the kind of thing that like, figuring it out takes a long time. And there really are a lot of steps. And SLPs and OTs are busy, right? People have, you know, long hours at their jobs. People have kids, people have all kinds of other stuff, right? And so like the, your ability to figure it out, um, a lot of people intend to do that, but then it like never happens, right? To, to Farwa's point about her friend who was going to kind of figure it out, but like that, those are the people that like years go by and they still haven't done it. Right. And so when you join a program like the one that we've created that's laid out so step by step and frankly, by by investing in yourself, it gives you that push to be like, you know what, I am going to do this and I want to do this. And this is what's going to also help keep me accountable to make sure. That it actually happened. So, thank you all for sharing your stories. Thank you for sharing about your experiences. I see lots of you know comments saying you know thank you for your, for your perspectives, and this has been really helpful. And so, you know, if anyone has other questions, please let us know. We want to make sure that everyone's making a decision that is right for them. And um, because everyone loves a giveaway, um, I would love to do a giveaway of the new client onboarding kit. So... The way that we're going to do this, um, because this is on StreamYard that we're broadcasting, and I actually can't see many of the names of the Facebook users. So what I would love for people to do is could you just write down your name in the comments, even though I know that that's a little bit weird, but that's how we're going to be able to pick a winner. Because um, unfortunately, all I can see is Facebook user, Facebook user. So it's going to be really hard to pick a winner here. So if everyone could just type in your name, and I'm going to pick some here um, in a second. (laughs) Um, But the new client onboarding kit is a really nice little tool that goes through all of the steps of, okay, you got a new client, like now what, right, so that you can know um, uh, what to do, what steps to follow, um, a welcome email and all kinds of other stuff. So that's what one of our uh, winners here is going to, to get. And I think that I'm looking at the list and I had a number in my head. So our Big winner is um, Lauren Guillory. Lauren Guillory, congratulations. You are the winner of the new client onboarding kit. So let me write down your name and a member of my team will reach out to you um, and uh, and connect with you so we can add this to your account. But thank you everyone for being here in terms of obviously our panel as well as our guests. And again, we are open for enrollment for a few more days Um, And then we're going to close this winter um, enrollment. So if you would like to join us, now would be a fantastic time. You're going to get access to the new program. Um, Another thing that we are doing that I actually hadn't, haven't really publicly mentioned very much is we're going to start something called the Sprint Program. And so for people who don't have their first client yet, um, which will be all of our new people in February, we're going to do a like daily accountability kind of a situation where we have this goal, and this is the first time I'm announcing this publicly, but to try to help at least 30 start students get their first client in 30 days. So 30 clients in 30 days for 30 start students. And so I would love for y'all to be one of the 30 right? Let me know in the comments if you would like to be one of these 30 who, um, and hopefully there's more than that even, um, but who get their first client in their first uh, 30 days in the program. So um, anyway, you'll hear more about that if you decide uh, to join us, but that's completely free and is included as part of the program because we want people to get their first client um, uh, quickly and easily and in this like cool structured way. So Anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Lauren Guillory will be in charge and uh, contact with you for your prize. Um, but anyway, thank you again to our panelists. And um, I hope everyone has a wonderful night and also um, a good week. All right. Take care, everybody. Wow. What did you think of those panelists? Powerful, huh? I hope that as you listen to their stories, you saw yourself in various aspects of their lives and can see how they've been bettered by being in private practice. And I'll probably, you can too. I love how they took a chance on themselves and frankly, on me, and how it worked out and gave them the future that they needed, whether they were seeking freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, financial independence, or a combination of all of those. These are the kind of people that the Start Your Private Practice program attracts. The thousands of SLPs and OTs who have gone through our program are regular clinicians with the same hopes, fears, and dreams that you have. Making the decision to start a private practice is a big decision, but it can also be the best decision. To learn more, head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com.